Hi there. Welcome to the It's Hard Podcast. I'm your host, Paige Boner. I'm so excited about this podcast. It's something that I've been thinking about for a really long time. We're going to be having conversations with real people about the hard stuff in life. I'll be challenging my guests to be open and honest and vulnerable about the tough parts of their lives. And I'm hoping that this will lead to growth and bettering our human connection. So join me, learn with me, and grow with me. Welcome to It's Hard. You know, I was thinking about... Hmm. with this episode I want um, like an intro like Akon has he goes convict music but what would mine be? I don't know I don't <laughs> even know what that is you don't know what Akon is? who no. Akon is? no yeah no. I don't even know how we're related hang on should we get started? yeah <laughs> one way or the other Let's do it. I'm ready whenever anybody else is ready. So there are three questions that you always ask on your podcast. And so I actually wrote those down because me being a no rules kind of guy, I forgot what we're doing. And also because I'm old and I forget things. So today we're going to talk to Paige about her vulnerability and what it means to her. We're going to talk to her about her perspective on life changes and why. We're going to talk to her about what do you practice to stay mentally healthy. We're going to ask her those three top questions that we always ask all of our guests and find out what's really going on inside of Paige and what started this whole podcast, I think. Mm-hmm. So let's get it going. Let's get it going. The weather here in Scottsdale is a balmy 42 degrees <laughs> and raining. So it is raining today, which stinks. For all of you that are in... Other lands that have snow, don't worry. We really don't have very good weather. We will so, next week, though. We will. Yes. For the girls coming to visit us. Mm-hmm. We'll have Absolutely. Better. So, Paige, I've been waiting for this for a long time, ever since you started this podcast. And, and uh, this is a big question you're going to have to think about what you're doing. But what does vulnerability mean to you? <laughs> um... This is a good question. I mean, I I created this question, so of course it's a good one. But <laughs> <laughs> Not that we're full of ourselves. <laughs> Just kidding. But um, vulnerability was something, because I was, I was reading Brene Brown last night, of course, um, back to Brene Brown books after I finished my Mark Manson book. But I was reading it, and she does this practice where she has people write down what vulnerability meant to them while they were growing up. And I thought that was super interesting because growing up, I don't think I really understood what it was. I kind of, I don't think I've said this before, is like I envisioned it as being like totally exposed and you're just like so vulnerable that you can't even move. I felt like it was really debilitating. And once I went to camp and we started talking about vulnerability at work, I realized that it was much more than that and that being vulnerable creates connections and it like, puts you further in life there's so many things about it that are so good for us that we don't practice every day but one thing I really liked about what I kind of drew from Brene Brown and also from my personal experience is the idea that vulnerability is showing up even when you don't know what the outcome will be so what I mean by that is you show up you be vulnerable even if you don't know if you're going to get your heart broken with love so like falling in love is vulnerable because you don't know what's going to end up happening you could your heart could be broken or you know tattered or whatever it is but 
falling in love or going after something, you might fail. So it's very vulnerable to go after something. You don't know what that outcome is going to be, but you're, you're putting yourself out there. You're showing up, you're in the arena, you're fighting for something. And just in general, like being uncomfortable, having hope, like all these different things in our lives that when it's an act of showing up when we aren't sure what the outcome will be. But you weren't always that way. Oh no. You, matter no. of fact, you weren't that way until maybe two or three years ago. You were always very guarded as to what you would try because you were always afraid to fail, I think, at it. Yeah. Or find out the truth about it. Yeah. And, and you can't do that. So you just started doing that after being living life, let's say. Yeah. Damaged. And once I bit. started doing more research on it, because... I think that's another part of vulnerability is some people don't know what it means and they think they know what it means, but they might not actually, but it also means something different to everybody. So there's a lot of different definitions for vulnerability, but if you do your research and you try to figure out what it means to be vulnerable, you'll actually learn so much more than just like, cause that's a big word and that's a word that has so many different meanings. So trying to find out what it means to you is so essential. And that happened for me when I did the research. Exactly. It's unbelievable that you said it that way because you do have to fail. If you don't try and fail, you never learn anything. It's, you know, being prepared to fail because you might, you will fail. And when you fail, it's going to be your best experiences because you're going to learn so much from your failures rather than just successes all the time. So getting into that then, um, how does this perspective on your life, how did, how did your perspective on your life change? When you became vulnerable, then your perspective has to change once you fail once or twice or three, or in my case, several times. Um, how, how did your perspective on life change? Did you become more bitter? Did you, you know, how did it change? Did you become more accepting of people, uh, different w- visions, different attitudes, different opinions? How did that change? Yeah. Um... No, that's a really good question because I definitely see a change in my attitude and my willingness to open up to conversation and see other people's perspectives. I I definitely have become a much happier person since I started going through these motions and studying vulnerability and, and, you know, listening to other people's stories. Um, It's something that created a spark inside of me, which is why I wanted to start this podcast is because I got super interested in other people's stories and how they became who they are today and what brought them here. And so my perspective on life definitely changed, which I don't know how it couldn't when you're reading these things and you're getting outside of kind of the bubble that you are in when you're growing up. I mean, some people, maybe that's not the case, but I felt like I was in this bubble of like, this is how life is. And you go through the motions and you do everything that you're supposed to do. And then, you know, you just live like that's just how life goes. But I think realizing that when mental health became a perspective in my life or a very prevalent thing of poor mental health was when I realized that I was the only person that could change me and it was no one else's job to take care of my brain and my mental health. It was only my job. And so I had to do something. I had to change something. And ever since I started doing that, I just, I became so much happier. I am much more open to other stories and much more aware of everybody around me and 
I don't think so much about myself as much as I think about other people, which I think is a good thing too. I, I've noticed that, that that's very true. And, and our relationship um, has blossomed because of your changes. Mm-hmm. Um, I had to change as well because of your, um, just the way you are. I, you can't treat people the same no matter who they are. Yeah. Um, but you were more open after experiencing some loss or experiencing some rough times you were more open to uh, our relationship and and understanding why maybe I was frustrated with you mm-hmm. um, and not being frustrated with me because I was frustrated with you does that make any sense yeah um, and so I've noticed that that once you experience some failure once you experience some other people's um, garbage you became more open to maybe Papa knows what he's talking about half the time yeah. Um, but I was also then more open to listening to you and listening to your perspective on things because you were maturing. Yeah. I was super guarded to my, I would say in high school and my first two years of college especially. I, I knew that what I was going through was bad and I knew it was bad on me and it was bad on the other people around me. And instead of opening up and realizing my faults and realizing what I was doing wrong, where my life was being detrimental to others, I was super protective of it because I didn't want to be wrong. I really struggled with being wrong for a really long time. I was... Wrong about what? Anything. I mean, it was just... I never wanted people to say, like, you messed up. I never wanted to admit that I messed up. I just was so protective of my life and protective of everything around me that I just did not want to be wrong about anything. And that was one of my biggest mistakes. Realizing now, going back and realizing that I am wrong about things and that there's things that I do that contribute to my problems, that has been a huge awakening for me. And I think that's why our relationship was so strained because I felt like anytime you would try to come at me with advice or, you know, criticism which criticism sounds like a negative word but it's actually a good thing to have you know feedback criticism I felt super protective of everything I was doing so I didn't want to listen to you because I always felt like it was judgment but that was ultimately my own insecurities and my own problems with myself and my life not about you judging me because you weren't judging me no and I, and I think what happens though is the the person you end up figuring um, me I was attacking you and I wasn't attacking you I was just trying to talk to you yeah and and the person that's protecting themselves um, they they take that as an attack and then they turn that back around into and you know they, they ignite a fight is really what it comes down to yeah it's gaslighting and it's not about rot it's gaslighting you mm-hmm. know? and it's not about right or wrong it's just about having trying to have a conversation so when when someone like me is trying to help somebody which can be difficult um, it turns into gaslighting real quick and well, that goes along with that insecurity too it's just like if you're deflecting all of your anger onto other people likely you're angry with yourself and you don't know how to deal with it so my advice to people because i did this for so long and i still do it i mean we still mess up and we make mistakes you're constantly evolving and constantly growing and changing and learning but if you find yourself always being angry at other people and you know victimizing and kind of saying like they're doing this they're doing that just like reflect a little bit and see what it is about yourself that you could change 
how how can you take a part in this and say okay well maybe this is what's wrong with me and i could better this because <clears throat> ultimately that will better the people around you too yeah but you made those changes by ending relationships that you had yeah and one of those relationships was probably not the best in the world and it really put you in a dark spot did it not yeah and how did that affect your perspective I'm getting into my pivotal moment we are well why don't i just tell my whole story that would probably make more sense because <laughs> it's we need to know what's going on in that pretty little brain of yours oh yeah um well my story is kind of long i'll start i'll start somewhere um I would say so. I left for college. I had been in a relationship for three and a half years in high school, and I got <clears throat> I got to college and really quickly realized that that wasn't the right path for me. So I ended that one, and um, that ended up being a really good thing, I think, for both me and that person, and and it worked out well even though it was really difficult and that was a big learning moment i've had a lot of moments kind of these pivotal moments so i'll just kind of dive into a couple of them but that one was a big one of maturity and realizing the right way to handle things and i did a lot of um <clears throat> blame in that one to try to blame the other person and at the time i didn't think it was a problem i just was trying to not realized that what I did was not necessarily the best way to handle things and, and how I was acting was not necessarily the best. I was dealing with things by drinking and partying and doing all those things, which wasn't good for my mental health at all. Um, and pretty quickly after that, I mean, that was my first week of college. I ended that and pretty quickly after I jumped into another relationship. Pretty quick. Yep. Pretty quick. And the one thing about that is I, I will say, you know, I'll start with, I have no regrets whatsoever. I don't ever want to regret things because I believe that every person and every, every experience in your life is truly a learning experience and they will teach you something no matter what. And so this relationship was just a interesting experience. It was, it was really, um, a lot, there was a lot of love in this relationship and, and there was just a lot of tension as well. And, and so it was kind of a bumpy road and I was very young. I didn't know myself very well. I didn't know what I was doing or how to handle this. Cause it was kind of that brink of like reaching a mature relationship, but also still kind of being in an immature relationship. And it was great in a lot of ways and it was hard in a lot of ways. So, um, had a lot of ups and downs and I thank that person every day for what they taught me. and and how I became who I am today. But the end of that relationship was really, really difficult. And I think a big part of that was I did not take enough time to get to know myself before I jumped into this relationship. I had a very short period between high school and jumping into that. And I did not take that time to understand who I was, what I wanted, what I did, what I deserved or what they deserved or whatever it was. And therefore I did not have any boundaries. I didn't have boundaries for myself. I didn't have expectations. I didn't have anything. I just was like, Oh, you know, this person, you love each other, then it, it, it works. Right. But I think there's so much more to a relationship and it is so much harder than that. So 
that was something I realized is I, I had gotten out of this and I was like just absolutely defeated. I was like, I don't know who I am. I don't know where to go from here. That person became my life and I didn't know what to do. And so I would say that was my first just kind of rock bottom. Like what in the hell do I do with my life right now? I would say if anybody's ever been in a relationship where they feel like they're just in the relationship and everybody around them is walking on eggshells about the relationship they're in, there's a reason. Yeah. And I think something I've realized in the last year, two years now, is that everybody, relationships are two people. So both person has a fault in that. And I really realized my fault in the last year. And it was the fact that I did not know who I was and I did not. And then I deflected on this person. I was, you know, angry a lot. And, and there was things that we both did. I mean, it was, it was a two way street and, and we both realized that when it ended as well. But I think that when you just don't have your own foundation in yourself, you're not ready for a relationship. If you don't know who I am, what are my boundaries, what are my expectations for myself and the other person, and like how can I really be the best version of myself for this person and vice versa, then you're not ready to go into a relationship. Because ultimately, you want these relationships to work out and you want them to be a, an enjoyable experience, right? Well, if you're not willing to give your part as one half of this equation, then you are not ready for that yet. You need to be the absolute best version of yourself so that you can be that best version of yourself for that other person and that they will want to be the best version of themselves for you. You uh, you always see the shining light on everything and it's, it's funny to me how you dig into those things and you take a certain amount of responsibility to, to things, but you, you also know that the other person in this relationship was not uh, the greatest. And, you need to accept the fact that you did a lot of great things. Yeah. I mean... Yeah, it's a two-way street, and but, but there's, there's mistakes that are made and things like that. And you learned a lot in that relationship that you'll never have to learn again. But it's, it made you grow up really fast. And that's that's the key to the conversation is is being able to see the faults um, or, or just hurrying into something I think that's what you, yeah. you were really saying is that you hurried into a relationship with it not probably knowing it you just probably did it yeah um, and and that became an intense relationship fast and then like you said you thought oh well this is what love is this is what this is going to be yeah. And it took you a little while to figure out that, no, this isn't going to be with this person anyway, what I'm looking for. And through a lot of change and some heartache, we, yeah. we got her figured out. There was a lot of pain in that relationship, and, and that was on both ends, again. Um, but it just was, it was the biggest learning moment of my life. I mean, I still reflect back on that relationship in so many ways and it was a huge moment for me and it really taught me a lot and so I'm thankful for that part of it um but you're right it was you know coming out of that I definitely did not see <clears throat> I definitely did not see the 
the light at the end of the tunnel when I was coming out of it. I was like, where am I going to go? What am I going to do? Like, what am I supposed to do now? And I think a lot of people can relate to this when they go through a heartbreak is, you know, you put so much time and effort and, and love into a person and then all of a sudden it's just gone and you have no idea what you're going to do next, especially if you're like me and you don't know who you are. Um, you just are completely lost. So, but it I, also ch- can change the relationships around you that are most important. Hundred percent. And it I was changed gonna, you and I. Yeah, I was gonna say like I I actually during this relationship went through we went through three different situations where we would you know take a break or whatever. But the first time I did not handle it in the best way whatsoever. I drank a lot. I just did not make the best decisions. I was very much a tornado to the people around me. And then the final time was when I sat there and I said, what you told me growing up, I can either sit here and I can wallow in this pain or I can stand up and I can say, how am I going to make a difference for myself? And how am I going to change my life and the people around me in order to better everybody and better myself? And it was not an easy process whatsoever. I mean, that was when I dove into reading. And thankfully, I was at camp right after that. I mean, I was at camp a month later. And that was when we started talking about vulnerability. And we started talking about everything. And I had so much great support at camp and at home. I was at home. So I was very fortunate for that. um, Because otherwise, I don't know what would have happened. But that summer was just an amazing milestone for me I was challenged by Miss Chris was like I I challenge you to stay single for eight weeks I, I, <laughs> I stayed single for a lot longer than that God bless America <laughs> um but she said stay single for eight weeks and, and I thought about that every day I mean I wasn't looking for anything and there wasn't anything coming my way but I thought about the importance of being alone and how important it was for me to just have that time to myself and set my boundaries and set my expectations and write and journal and read and that was the most healing process for me and that summer was just amazing and it really set me up for the success that I wanted and and the happiness I wanted I think it set you up for being strong oh yeah you you at the time of that really and even your first relationship really you were not strong. You were not. You didn't have much of a backbone. No. I mean, you, you were. Yeah, let's go do this, and yes, let's go do that, and and you know, the, and and you just never really stood up to what you wanted to do, which you always did before these relationships, and I never understood that. Yeah. And, well, and I, I didn't know what I wanted. I think it's immaturity. I really do. And and, yeah. and then all of a sudden you get caught up in a relationship that may not be great. And all of a sudden you're deep into something you may not want to be deep into. And then how do you get out? And that's really what it comes down to, no matter what that is. Well, and sometimes the hardest part is walking away. And that was definitely my case. I had my biggest struggle was just to walk away and not turn back. Yeah, you had a tough time doing that. Yeah. And so sometimes that's your biggest step is just to take that step because in the end, it's going to be better for yourself and that other person. I promise. Like if it's the people around you too, it was funny because it's, it's not funny, but it was, it was interesting to watch because what you didn't understand at the time was, is, is we're all saying, 
you need to walk away from this and why isn't she walking away from this and why isn't she walking yeah. and for us on the outside it was like why isn't she walking away from this relationship it's really easy for us to see things yeah but you weren't seeing them no and so that frustrated the hell out of people like me oh yeah and that's where we had our our problems and you had problems with other people and and because we're out here looking in and it's so easy for us to judge oh yeah when you don't know what that person is feeling and that was that's my biggest advice for if you have a friend who's in something that you don't think is the best for them or it's causing a lot of pain or problems or whatever it is i would just advise you to just be there for that person and hold their hand and say i'm i got your back i'm always on your team and ultimately never i mean just never fight them because you really don't know what they're going through and you don't know what they're feeling and you don't know what is happening in their brain and everything and whatever you say if you tell them to get out of this right now like what are you doing that does not help that only pushes that person further away from you and it pushes your family and your friends and everyone just far away and you don't want that at all no but i, I think at the same time if you're that person, that friend, you have to make sure that you're stern with them or, or at least there to say, this is what you should be doing. You yeah. can't just be a, a wallflower and say, oh, well, everything you say is right. You gotta, no. you gotta push back. Yeah, you push back in an appropriate way where yeah. you're not Which angry at that person. Me. Yeah, you can't be like, hey, you're stupid. What are you doing? You have to be I like- Use a little stronger language. In tell that. me, <laughs> I know. <laughs> but something I learned, especially this year too, is like, tell me how that makes you feel. So like if you're in a fight with your boyfriend and you're telling your friends about it or if your friend is telling you about the fight they're having with their boyfriend, you tell them, how does that make you feel when he says that? Having that person say out loud what they're feeling is so essential and therapeutic for them because they're going to be able to then reflect and be like, oh my gosh, that makes me feel really anxious. That makes me feel really upset. They can say it out loud instead of telling the person like, that's so stupid. I can't believe he does that. Da, 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 da. It's like you already know that what he's doing is stupid or making you mad. But you want somebody to kind of validate like, okay, I'm not being crazy. This is upsetting. And this is upsetting me. And again, that's maturity. And people are going to learn that girl, you know, as they go through. But the, the, that relationship, it, it, it severed friendships for me. I, 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 don't, I don't think everybody learns that, especially women. and Because I, I think that guys get a free pass all the time with well that's just what guys do yeah you know and and that's not right that's no. not fair just because guys do certain things and i don't know why guys get the you know that's what they do well why does that make it right yeah you know so and women seem to go along with it like this is what happens and this is the way it's going to be and you shouldn't do that yeah you should come up with a common ground. well and have the expectation of somebody in your life just like you have expectations of friends and family and everybody around you just as long as they're not like aggressively high expectations that no one can meet it's just a matter of like basic everyday human expectations that are very simple and can be attained you know but i think my biggest lesson from that and i developed some anxiety from that and, and that was also rooted in what happened when I was younger with dad and drinking as well. But I learned so much about myself and I'm not on anxiety meds anymore. But that and that's incredible because <clears throat> you're actually better now that you're not on them. But I think that has to do with the fact that you 
have unpacked <laughs> and uh, figured out. Yeah, addressed what. I mean, and for you again, on. it was addressing the fact that it wasn't just you. Mm-hmm. You, you you did a lot of self blame. Yeah, but I think that was a big thing too, is mental health. Um, and it was through that process that I kind of learned more about mental health. I'd never really struggled with anxiety as far as I knew. Um, I had a little bit with like dad drinking and stuff, but it was never, it was more situational. I really struggled with it um, in college and I ended up going on medication and I realized that that was what I needed at that time. I needed to go to therapy. I needed to process things and needed, and I learned so much from that and I, I really did process a lot. I'm thankful for that experience, but it is understanding that you can come out of that too. I mean, you can overcome these things and that's different for everybody. Some people will stay on medication for their whole life and that's totally fine. If that's what you need, that's what you need. Um, for me, it worked out that I didn't have to take it anymore, which I'm, I'm happy and you never know. It could come back eventually. Who knows? But you know, we, we have so many people that struggle with it today and, and there's people that struggle with it and they don't address it and that can be even worse. So just reflecting and understanding your part and understanding what you need and what you want from people is is so important i would say then so that was like a big the probably the biggest pivotal moment in my life and that was kind of my rock bottom moment but then i had that whole summer of you know being alone and reflecting and and having that time to myself and you know figuring it out and i was really thankful for that and then at the end of the summer, I went to Milwaukee and I was there with some friends and met up with friends that lived there. And I ended up meeting somebody that ended up being another big turning point in my life. And this was a person that just was like an immediate connection right away. It was like, oh my gosh, like, where have you been all my life? Like, this is crazy. And somebody that pushed me, um, challenged me to tell my story and open up about my life, which was really hard for me at the time because I ended up being a pretty private person after what I went through. Then um, that person just kind of kept pushing it from me and it lasted, you know, about like probably two or three weeks. And I was like, I still was like, you know what? No, that's, I don't want that. Um, but I understand where you're coming from. So then that person ended up being a distant part of my life pretty quick after, but that year after I kept reflecting on what that person had said and how they had, you know, expressed the importance of my story and putting it out there. And I was starting to hear over and over and over again, like, Oh, Paige, like you just live the best life. Like you have it all figured out. You're glowing. You're so happy. You're so this, you're so that. And, you know, like everything on social media, I see like you're just constantly living your best life. You're so perfect. And I was sitting there like laughing on the inside. I was like, are, are you serious? I was thinking to myself, wow, you've really, my first thought was you've failed the people around you. Well, I don't know about failed, but you've definitely done a good job of uh, disguising it. Yeah, faking it. And I was like, I do not want to be fake. I want to be authentic. I want to be me. I want to be a person. Careful with authentic. It gets you in trouble. Oh, my gosh. No, authentic is good. If it's a good authentic, it's good. Um, but I want to show people that I don't have it all figured out. Because if I'm putting out there in the world that I have it all figured out and I'm perfect and they're assuming this about me then they are not seeing the real me whatsoever because that's not the case in my eyes. 
So then I decided I was going to start writing Instagram posts with these captions that were very long and they were talking about, you know, they are very long, <laughs> talking about, you know, the struggles in life and how you have anxiety or you struggle from depression or you struggle from this or whatever it is and saying, I've been there and I hear you and I understand. And I remember when I posted my first one and the amount of response I got from that was insane. I mean, people were messaging me. They're like, thank you so much for putting this out there on the internet. We'd never see anything like this. People are constantly talking about the great parts of their life. And they're never opening up about tough things, too. I just continued to do that for a while. And it wasn't until this summer that I realized I wanted another thing. I wanted another step to really help people. Because as much as those captions were working and they were resonating with people, and I had a lot of people messaging me for help and all that stuff. I knew I could go a step further and I knew that I would run out of things to say personally. So I wanted to hear other people's stories too and make sure other people knew that there's more than just me going through this. This is a worldwide thing that we're all going through shit every day. So then I thought about a blog and then I decided that my voice is my power. So I, I started a podcast and that's where we are today. It's so weird to me to hear all this because I've said it before, but it we didn't, I, when I was growing up, this didn't, we never had it no. like this. This was, your, your, your people, your people, your age people and younger deal with things so much differently than we ever did. You know, we were told just to shut up and move on and get better at what you're supposed to do and, and um, shoot more hockey pucks in the Mm-hmm. in the driveway so yeah. you had a better wrist shot but um and then don't tell anybody at school god forbid that you have a problem at home yeah because that may come out i mean that was even the case when we were in elementary school i remember when we were going through it, we were going through with you i told like one girl one day about you know we had a fight at home last night whatever and that was like really hard for me to tell somebody because like you don't talk about that stuff at school you don't talk about your family problems you don't talk about you know, people yelling or people getting drunk, like that just wasn't something you talked about mm-hmm. until, and it really wasn't prevalent, super prevalent in high school either. I mean, it was college when mental health started, you know, being really, we were really aware of it with, you know, the nationwide suicide rates going up and, and, you know, school shootings, like all these things that were happening, we were realizing that mental health, mental health, mental health, that was what was coming up. And, people were suffering from depression and anxiety. And when I started telling people that I was on medication, at first I didn't want to tell people, right? Like I was like, no, I'm not going to tell people that I'm on anxiety medication. That's so embarrassing. Or, But once I started telling people, they were like, well, so am I. And I was like, what? You're on anxiety medication? What? And it, I ended up realizing that it was like a huge majority of the people I knew or that I would talk about it with were on similar medications. I just realized how prevalent it was and that if I did put something out there that a lot of people would resonate with it and it would be something that would help a lot of people around me. So that was an, I don't want to say it was an easy decision because it's, it's very hard and even this episode is really hard for me to put out because again, this doesn't just involve me. My story involves other people around me and people that might not necessarily want me to be talking about this stuff or whatever it is, but I'm able to tell my side of my story because it's my side of my story. However, other people in my story might have a different perspective on it, and that's totally fine. 
but it's really hard to put yourself out there and open up about things, especially in general with life, because your story always involves other people around you. And so it's very vulnerable and very difficult, but being open and honest shows people that they're not alone. And So are you saying that you never really knew how to have a relationship with a boy? Oh, 100%. I mean, is that what you're saying? You just don't, didn't know what the steps were to have a relationship? You just kind of went into it and said, oh, is this how it works? Well, yeah, because I will say my high school relationship was, was very enjoyable. I mean, it was simple. It was your typical kind of high school you know, yes. situation, nice guy. I mean, it was just kind of like easy peasy. I would say nothing really happened. There was no fights. There was none of that stuff. So my immature brain at the time actually thought something's wrong. Like we don't argue, we don't do this, whatever. Da, da, da. And, and, and reflecting back, you know, you should, there are going to be times when you argue with your partner and that's okay. And Take you should too tired. What? Until you get too tired. Yeah, that. until you get too tired of it. But, you know, a healthy amount of, like, disagreement and, you know, you're, you're different people. So if your partner is always agreeing with you, then that's not going to work either. You know, because that's not, they're not being their own independent person. Well, then you're just walking through life. You're not. Exactly. You're not challenging each other. So I realized, or I thought that was wrong. I was like, there's something wrong with that. So then when I went to the other extreme where there was a lot of difficulty on both ends, um... I thought that was just how love was. I was like, oh, yeah, like, this is how it goes. This is okay. You know, as long as there's love, we're okay. Um, but then I realized but coming out is, of that. what is love? Exactly. That's the question. Exactly. It's, and I didn't know. You know, everybody these days, I hear it a lot, is I love you, I love you. I, I hear that all the time, and it drives me crazy. Because um, if you're going to say that, you need to mean it. It's not just oh, yeah. this, this you know, pass by, um, how you doing? Thing. Yeah, and it's treated that way, and it's not true. And and I think sometimes it leads people to the wrong idea of what love is. I think there's just so much to it, and I was so unaware of what it meant to be a good partner. And I mean, you're so young. I mean, I think about who I was when I was 18, 19 years old, and I just had no idea. I mean, I really had no clue at all. I just thought okay, this person likes me, I like this person, this is going to be okay. It's, and no, that's not how it works. Like there's going to be things about certain people that may you may like them and they may like you, but it just won't work out. And you won't know that until you're old enough to understand who you are. So my biggest piece of advice to people who are younger than me, and I'm 22 now, um, is just stay single. I would say stay single and not in a way of like, yeah, I'm single, like, you know like this is cool (laughs) it's like single or like people always talk down to being single they're like oh being single sucks I want a boyfriend you know but I think that being single is one of the most important and amazing things that will ever happen to you in your life because you will figure out so much about yourself and you'll be so comfortable with who you are that you're going to be the best version of yourself for whoever comes along. So don't sit there waiting and waiting and waiting and waiting for that person because at the end of the day, my my biggest takeaway from my whole experience so far is that another person will not complete me. I will complete me and another person will add on to me. I want to be a complete version 
of me, which I'm always growing and evolving, like I've said before, but I want to be a secure enough in myself in order to give that person something and be a bonus to them. Because what I found with my past relationships was I was looking for something. I was always asking for something from that person. I wanted validation. I wanted comfort. I wanted love. I wanted all these things to validate that I was a certain way. I wanted compliments. I wanted somebody to tell me I looked nice, all these things or that I am nice or whatever it is. But if I'm able to see that in myself, then I'm not going to ask for that from another person. I'm not going to exhaust that person and, you know, wear them down. I'm going to be able to be like, I am who I am. You are who you are, but we just add to each other and we enjoy each other's presence. Was there a certain part of the second relationship that you kept going because people like myself were not in favor of the relationship? Like you, you were going to prove people like me wrong. Did you sense that I was not of approval of the relationship? I mean, I think that goes along with what I said earlier with, you know, trying to defend my choices and, and never wanting to be wrong. And so if I was able to make this work, then yes, I, I think that definitely was the case. If I was able to make this work, then I could say, I told you it was going to work out. And, <laughs> and I knew I was right about this. It was so hard for me when that ended to admit I was wrong. And let me tell you this right now, that was the part of it that frustrated the hell out of me. Yeah, but you now know that I needed to go through that. We both needed to go through that in order to get to where we are today. And so at the end of the day, we've all come out of it stronger people and more independent. But it's a parenting or it's a relationship. It's a parenting education too because as a parent... Even though you're older, I mean, you weren't, you know, 15, no. um, you're still a parent. Oh, yeah. I mean, 19, 20, 22, you're still, a, I'm still your dad, no matter what, mm-hmm. by the way. <laughs> um, but it's it's a lesson to us parents that you need to change what you're doing and how you deal with things as the child evolves. Well, and let, let your child and let your friends and your family, everybody figure it out. That's another big thing that I realized with my roommate Bergen. She let me just figure it out. She was like, you, you do you. Like, I'm going to support you no matter what, but you just have to figure this out for yourself. And the people around me that let me do that are the people that are still in my life, right? Like people that just let me live and figure it out for me are the people that are still in my life and are the reason that I did figure it out. I agree with you. I think that there is, you know, of course you're going to be frustrated as an outsider. You're going to be like, why are they still going through this? But ultimately you have no idea what's going on behind closed doors. You don't know anything. Another thing that taught me was me going through what I went through and having you guys on the outside looking at me going, what is wrong with you? Why are you such an idiot? Yeah. That actually helped me when you became that person that was so involved in what you were doing that you couldn't see the light. Mm-hmm. You couldn't see the... So now I was that person on the outside. Yeah. And it is... And I've been that person before. So I reverted back to that in the beginning of being angry and, and just frustrated and, you know... Uh, but then when it came to light, it, it was interesting because then you're that person on the outside now 
looking at someone saying, okay, you're making bad decisions, you got to change what you're doing, and why is it so hard, and all these different things. And even though I had gone through my own demons, I didn't, I didn't become a pro or recognize it. I didn't become, you yeah. know what I mean? So it took me months to figure it out. But I also think that these things can happen in relationships. These things can happen with drugs. These things can happen with alcohol. They can happen with anything. It doesn't have to be... It can be, you know, you're sick or whatever. Just like you're yeah. doing with all the people that have been on um, this show. It, it, whatever it's hard to you is needs to be figured out. Yeah. And whatever's in your dark corner needs to happen so i agree and that's that's the biggest thing with all of this is i'm not trying to share this to say like i'm the only person that or i went through this hard thing like it's the fact that so many people go through this especially you know with relationships and breakups and all that stuff and that's another thing that with that other person the fact that this involves another person it, it's being aware that this is not an abnormal thing. Like what I went through is not abnormal. There's a ton of people that go through this all the time, every day and are struggling with it now and they need to hear this. And so this is totally a manner of just trying to help people, not trying to, you know, say, Oh, rah, rah, feel bad for me because I don't feel bad for myself anymore. I, I'm so thankful for that situation. I'm thankful for that person. I'm thankful for everything I went through because ultimately it was one of the biggest learning curves of my life and it, it brought me to where I am today, I will say for sure. Um, but it's just being aware that we all are going through something and that, again, you're just not alone. And, and if you ever need someone to talk to, you know, we all have great perspectives on life and opening up to people and being vulnerable and saying like, I went through this and this was really hard and here's why it will just offer you more support and like openness and happiness there's just so many more things that come from opening up about your crap and <laughs> it's true it's like you get that crap out you get good crap in it's just the way it goes i don't know about crap being good that's all i, know. I, I don't i don't i don't know i just know that it was a, it was a it was a situation that um I, I i'm just happy it happened because our relationship is so much better now than it's ever been, even yeah. since you were just a little chubby cheek naked <laughs> girl running around with no diaper on because your mother forgot to put it on you. You know, you you always had a little toot to you, so now I can understand that toot a little bit. But I'm I'm really glad you went through. I, I'm not glad you went through what you went through at all. Yeah, I, I'm not. I hated every. I want you to know this. I hated every moment of that situation. And I, and I wanted to do things, and I didn't do them. I was very good about that. And I let you figure it out on your own. And um, and I didn't start drinking again, which is Thank good. you for both of those things. Yeah, <laughs> um, but it was hard. Your mom helped me a lot. And, and we had a lot of conversations, and we went through a lot of tough times as well on the outside you didn't know about. Yeah. Um, talking about you and what you're doing. It was frustrating. It mm -hmm. was not this easy thing, by the way. Your sister, us, I mean, it was mostly mom and I were, were, we were at each other's throats a few times there because she understood you more than I did. Yeah. Um, and we had to, I'm at her throats, I don't think that's fair. <laughs> um, we, we argued though, for sure. Yeah. And um, 
when you're arguing about somebody that you care about, it becomes even more frustrating because the person who understands, thinks they understand you, which she had a, a, a very different understanding than I did, and it was somewhat flawed, yeah. I would say. Um, and she figured that out, um, thanks to you. But it was really hard, really hard um, for the people on the outside, and you need to know that. Yeah, I that definitely know that. Yeah. You weren't hurting us. It wasn't that. It was just that you're our kid, and we want you to have the best of everything. But we certainly never want you in a situation that um, could do anything bad to you or anything changing your life in a way that's not good. And so you're protective as parents. Yeah, which is good. It's just a matter, too, of which we kind of talked about this the other day, too, with mom. But you, you can be protective of your kids. That's great. But trying to shield them from every bad thing happening will eventually be detrimental which is a good thing that you and mom did it was you were frustrated behind closed doors and you were upset of course but I had to go through that and you let me figure it out for myself and you let me go through it and in the end that was the best thing that I it was what I needed I needed to figure that out because if you would have just you know shielded me and protected me and tried to just like fix it all what would I have learned I would have learned that you'll do that for every relationship I have and every situation that's hard for me, everything that I do. But I learned that this situation was on me and that other person. That was our situation and no one else could tell us otherwise. The Norwegian uh, told me that I had to let you go through it. The Norwegian, yeah. Yeah. There she is. (laughs) But yeah, that's... We unpacked my story. We did? We've unpacked it? You haven't answered the question so. about what you do now. No, I know. That's the next question. Oh. you got to figure out your, your rhythm here, sir. Well, I'm not <laughs> the host of the show. I'm filling in for the host who's unpacking. I know. It's scary. All right. So, well, the last question I have is, is what do you do now to practice and stay? What, what do you practice to stay mentally healthy? In other words, what do you do to... Stay in the frame of mind you're in now, other than your uh, your show. You can't use your show as a crutch. No, I don't think my show is, is a way to stay mentally healthy because I think it's a way for other people to because they're listening and and that works. And I like that. And it's a way for my guests to be you know able to tell their story. But my biggest thing today is exercise, for sure. I do... Um, like 20 30 minute workouts this girl named fit for me by courtney if you don't know her you should go on there um and try her workouts but she has like pilates bar yoga um just very good like mindful workouts that are not high impact they're low impact they're difficult but they're very i don't know they're awesome i just i love them so much so that Doing that every morning, like having a routine, especially too, is is really healthy for me. So when I'm at school, I wake up really early. I do my workout. I make my smoothie. I do my shower. Like I take my time. I wake up at... Oh, you take your time. I know. I wake up at 6 a.m., but I am somehow late to my 10 a.m. class. I don't know how that works. I've witnessed this, (laughs) I must say, in the last four days. I do. I like to lollygag, but that works for me. That keeps me healthy. So whatever. It works. Um... And then reading and learning is like a huge thing for me too. So podcasts and um, trying to just, you know, learn as much as possible and 
write and journal and and express that in so many ways I think is is, is so important for me um just filling my brain with as much as possible as many good things as possible too and talking about you know you don't, you don't do a lot of therapy right now do you I don't but I highly 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 recommend it when you're when you need it you should definitely go I I, I go through spurts where I need her more than I um more than other times and so I'll go but I did a pretty intensive therapy in the spring last spring I was going once a week every week by uh, I needed to I was required to um but after that she told me I don't I, know about required I was you know. she required me to she yeah, said I had but, to and when you say that I think of like the law oh no the law didn't tell me to it was my no jail time my therapist no told me to um but after I, I always say I graduated from that process because she told me that she thought I was doing good. So then I was like, okay, I can take a little break. Um, and I had camp, so I couldn't really go during the summer. But I definitely recommend it to anyone. I don't ever think you're too good for therapy. I think therapy is essential. It's so good to talk about it. It's not something to be ashamed of. It is important if not essential to your mental health so please find someone good it might take some time but find somebody that works for you and just go and learn about yourself and learn about who you are and your where you come from and your roots and and your mental state and everything because that will help you so much in the end um just being more aware so well it's not that expensive i i, I went we went we have we have the same therapist which is unique yeah um, but it seems to work uh, that way. I have not been to see my favorite small person in a while. <laughs> I um, I have unpacked and figured everything out, which is not well, true. Well, no, because you're not you do not um, have everything figured out. But uh, it's unique. I I've never been to therapy like that. It was really good. Yeah, I and you have to find your person because you might go to a couple people and be like, yeah, this doesn't work for me. Like, don't force yourself to go to someone that doesn't work for you. Find someone that works for you. And I got really lucky because my whole family had already been to her before, and then I just jumped in, and she pretty much knew my whole life story, so I didn't have to go through that whole process. But we did have to talk about my stuff too. But I just think it is so important to take the time to find somebody that works for you and then be consistent with that person and then you can take you know time where you don't go for a few months that's fine like there's nothing wrong with that either it's just on your own schedule as long as you have whoever works for you then you're good to go but do it do it do it do it if you've never done it before you should go because you're only going to better the people around you and yourself and ultimately your life in general so take care of yourself and go and do that for sure yes i agree with you um 100 percent. i also um I say like socializing is a huge mental health thing for me. I love people and I love my family and my friends. So like I just take the time to, I, I, I like to be alone at some points and I like to be around people at some points. And I can tell with myself, I know myself well enough now that I know when I need to be alone. So I know when I need to step away and, you know, read my book and have my time or go on a walk or whatever it is. I need alone time. <laughs> but I also know when I need to be around my friends and talk to them. And We're have actually learning this alone time thing this week. 
Yeah. We are because we're around family a lot. And it's some, yeah. sometimes you just got to go to your room. Well, and when you're, and I've talked about this with you guys because, you know, my parents have been married for almost 30 years. Yes. We've heard this a few January, times now. Next week. Next week. Yes. Um, and then my sister just got married in June. Yeah, whatever. And I have been um, single for a while, which has been awesome, of course. Yes. But It's awesome for us. <laughs> uh, when I'm at school, I, I do a lot of alone time because, you know, I... I'm single and also I live with couples and so I just I do a lot of alone time when I'm not with my friends and and that's normal to me when I wake up in the morning I'm alone and so it's weird for me to be here and wake up every morning there's people everywhere and you know there's not really an escape mechanism and you have to kind of like think about other people and what everyone else wants to do and you're not really on your own schedule anymore so that has been a little bit of a learning curve. It's a challenge for everybody it's it's, you can imagine the challenge it is for me. (laughs) <laughs> but um, it's a challenge for everybody because I am yeah. a very alone person. And you end up with your routine and it just gets totally screwed up. But it's something you got to adapt to. It's the way it is. Well, yeah. And eventually your life is going to change and you're going to be at different points in your life where that's not going to be as, you know, important. And a year from now, my life will look a lot different than it does now. So Really? Well, I mean, I'm, I won't be living where I'm living and I won't be living yeah, with who living, I'm living with. So you're going to be living with me. I am not going to be living with you in a year. In a year you're not? No, it's wow, going to be December. This is breaking news. I'm living with you in the summer, oh, yeah. but I'm not living with you after that. Breaking news. Breaking news. <laughs> We're not living in the house for more than three months, four months. Yeah. Nice. It's going to be our last, probably our last little ditty. <laughs> I'm looking. <laughs> Great. <laughs> I'm very happy about that. You're usually at work most of the day anyway. Yeah. Which that's, you know, talk about mentally healthy. That's another place that keeps me very mentally healthy. Having, having a job or that and the job that I have in the summer oh. is so what do you do in the summer I work at a camp if and I mean everyone probably knows that by now but I wouldn't assume everybody knows that. <laughs> Hidden Pines Ranch and working with those kids and the people that I work with and the relationships I've created through that place and just like being at that place in general being outside being with horses I mean it just I'm so happy all the time when I'm there I'm exhausted, but I'm yeah, happy. Yeah, you, you work a lot of hours. Yeah. You usually don't roll into the house until well after I get home from my tea time. <laughs> 8.39. And yeah. leave the house before you're out of your pajamas. I don't wear pajamas. <laughs> um, let's, you know, not dig into that. Because you unpack that, it might get a little r Oh, my God. But, um, Yeah, no, that place is essential to my mental health as well, which... It's going to be my last summer there this year, so that's, that's going to be sad. I'm going to have to find something else. It is. I, I, and, and I don't know uh, what else to say to you other than I will tell you again that, that I think it's been, how long, a year um, since you and I had a breakthrough maybe? Almost a year, yeah. It was last February. And what I mean by that is we actually were talking on the same wavelength. <laughs> um, we weren't fighting by any stretch. It was just we were in total opposite corners of the world on what we thought was reality. That, yeah. How's that? That's good. Not bad. Yeah. Um, and now we're actually in the middle of the ring and, and I really am enjoying it uh, very much more than I was the other part because it just creates so much, like I was talking about, I, I was 
arguing with other people. And now you have a relationship with your sister, which you didn't have. You guys were having a tough time for a little while, too. Yeah. And that wasn't anybody's fault other than both of yours. <laughs> um, and, um, and you figured it out recently, which was very this cool. This year and, has been a good year. And you helped um, Haley get to that point, too. And, and I think Haley was in the same world that I was, you know what I mean? Um, from a judgmental standpoint and just not listening, not listening enough and trying to figure it out. And it took us a while to get her to that point, but we did, I think, don't you? Yeah. Well, it's like we talked about the other day with our words of the year. Yes. Our and words. What is your word of the year? I forgot. Mine is intention. Intention. Have intention. So be intentional about relationships, be intentional about your work, be intentional about everything around you because that will just better everything. I mean, if you're just thinking all the time about how you can be intentional, then everything you do has meaning. It's so, it's so awesome. It is. And, and I, I didn't pick a word for myself and I don't think I have yet. I'll have to wait. It's not the end of the year yet, so I can wait. I know. This is the new year's episode though. It is? Yeah. So you're saying I have to pick a word? I mean, no, you don't have to. Oh. Okay, because we're doing it on the spot. It's not going to work for me at all. But I think this year has been awesome. Like, I mean, obviously there's been struggles, but overall, looking back, I feel like who I was in January compared to who I am today is... I don't even remember last January. <laughs> I was in Europe in January. That's right. But I still don't remember it. It actually scared the hell out of me when you were in Europe. I didn't care for that at all. Oh, I had fun. I liked well, it. I know you did, but anytime that someone's there and you're not able to do anything about it, it's like no good. Yeah, it's struggle. Um, <clears throat> so I actually have a couple Q&A questions. I only have five, but I had Q&A questions from one of my Instagram posts. Oh. Should we do that? We can. Why don't you do it since you can see the computer and I can't? Yeah. You don't have your, as mom calls them, peepers on. <laughs> um... Okay, so the first question I got was, how do you keep your identity when you are in a relationship? Which I think is a really good question because I think it's something that we've talked about today and I think it's something that has um, is a struggle for a lot of people. Well, it doesn't because... that depend on what you think your identity is. Exactly, that's what I was going to say. So I think that keeping your identity in a relationship is, first of all, knowing what your identity is. So... I don't think that you necessarily have to break up with your person in order to find that. If it's working for you right now in your relationship, that's great. But if you're still wanting to figure out your identity, I think you need to take that time to understand yourself. So you should be reading, you should be journaling, you should be listening to podcasts, you should be going to therapy and figuring out who you are in order to have an identity and then be able to keep it. Because I truly believe, and I'm not an expert, I don't know, but I believe that if you have an identity, you will do whatever it takes to keep that identity and to work on that because it's it's yours and you created it and you are who you are. And so you'll work really hard for that. So I would say that to keep it, you have to know what it is. So know what your identity is and then strive to make that an important part but of But the only way for that relationship to work is for you to maybe keep your identity, but also to understand the other person's identity. Oh, for sure. And their crisis. And if those two don't mix, it won't work. Yeah. It's that simple. 
And if your identity is the most important thing to you in the world, stay single. <laughs> it's true. It should be, yeah, like we said, two-way street again. Like, your identity should be important, their identity should be important, and you should, you know, create something together, but being that bonus for one another rather than completing one another. I think romanticism has created this idea of we complete each other. Mm. And I just don't believe in that. I, 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 That's a personal opinion. I don't know if that's what everyone believes. But if you can't complete yourself, then you can't even complete another person. Because if you only have half of yourself, how are you giving half of yourself to that person? That just doesn't make sense. Completing each other is BS. It's all about <laughs> wanting to spend time with that person because of who they are and what they do to help you with your enjoy, enjoyment of life. Um, completing me can you imagine me being complete what a mess mm -hmm. so yeah I agree hopefully number two that... are we going on to number two yeah I love number two <laughs> hopefully that helped people but number two is do you ever have trouble getting up and out of bed in the morning if so do you have any strategies that help you get up personally for me it's having a routine so this took me actually i worked on this this semester this past semester before that i didn't really have a routine and i really did struggle getting out of bed in the morning um but this semester i created a routine for myself so i said that every morning i would get up before 7 a.m and if i let myself sleep in past seven that's like a treat to me but whatever um and i would make my bed every morning and so my <laughs> i did i did it I'm every laughing. morning i'm laughing at myself Oh, because you haven't made a bed ever, I don't think. I don't think I have in 30 years. <laughs> so I did that this semester, and it was awesome. Like, so great. It's not easy at first, but it ended up being one of the best things. I would wake up every morning at, like, between 6 and 7. I would get my workout in, make my bed, drink a big glass of water, have a smoothie, take a shower, and somehow still be late to my 10 a.m. class. But you know what? We still are here. And having a routine made it a lot easier to get up every day. And working out in the morning yeah. was a lot better because you don't want to work out at three in the afternoon if you're like me. But I agree. I agree with that. I have a routine, even though I don't make my bed. I do have a routine. Well, generally, I don't make the. I would make the bed, but my wife is always sleeping, so I don't. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> but I have a routine, and usually involves my computer and reading the newspaper on my computer. Yeah. Because I, I don't get a paper. And having your coffee. And having coffee because I get up at like 5 in the morning. Yeah. So find something. My advice would be find something that you enjoy in the morning and create a routine about around it and you'll end up loving getting up in the morning. Well, most people will tell you that if you have a routine, it will take away from your anxiety, especially going to work because then you... Even for me, I can actually do a few emails in the morning before I go anywhere, and that takes care of anxiety, and then you're not anxious about what you didn't do, or in my life, you're not always in an office just doing that, so you have to catch up on things ahead of going out on the road or making calls or doing whatever you're doing that yeah. day. And if you don't practice that, then anxiety creeps in because you're always thinking about all those emails in the back of your mind, which is just a whole other reason not to have it. Um, so yeah, I agree with you. Routines are the way to go. Awesome. <laughs> Lauren's giving us a thumbs up. Um, number three. Number three is what do you do to get yourself out of a rut or mix things up? This is a good question because I definitely find myself 
getting in ruts and I'm more aware of it now that I know myself well enough um and usually I feel when I'm in a rut I feel tired or kind of sluggish I feel kind of down and that's when you know depression can seek in seep in not seek in um but what I do is I will make sure that my my workout routine is still um on par because I think that working out getting those endorphins release is really important I will I'll go for a walk or for a run even though I don't run very much but it helps you know release that really quickly I read and I do kind of my mental health practices during my ruts but I think it's a matter of really just switching stuff up even if you say like okay I've been in a rut lately and I'd like to do a big thing with my friends so you arrange something and you set it up you go into it with a really you know positive attitude and you end up coming out of it feeling pretty refreshed or whatever works for you or maybe you take a day to yourself and you treat yourself to something I think just when you say how do you mix things up I think it is mixing things up I mean that's that's the process right like you get out of a rut by mixing it up or you know adding something I think always adding something don't ever take something away like if you're in a rut just add something to your life so add a workout routine add a good meal add a time add time with friends whatever it is um just always be adding to your life rather than saying like I'm in a rut because I feel like I'm out of shape I'm gonna take away sweets for myself like no just add another workout routine if that's how you feel or add a healthy meal um in order to constantly have that you know positive outlook rather than just like negative taking things away I, yeah, I agree with you. I, I don't, you know, on the eating part of it, this um, person came over here and gave us all this really sugary. Chantel. Wow, did she do well. And so last night we had Mexican and I felt good about that because I wasn't eating cookies the entire time. And that's my rut, eating cookies. Do you believe yeah. me? Yeah. And you you added Mexican food instead I of added taking Mexican, away the cookies. I added Mexican food to take away from the cookies although I had ice cream last night when I got back so that's okay back in the rut no I, I don't know I don't get in ruts I don't I don't know what they are so we'll have to move on okay uh, number four is what is your favorite thing about yourself that <laughs> <laughs> oh boy this could take a while there's a lot I would say personally um, I didn't have, I mean, I think my consistent one since I was younger was just my, my kindness to people. I think my ability to have conversations with people and be nice to people. And it, it comes really naturally to me, like just being generally kind. I don't, I don't get frustrated easily at random people or, you know, I just have a, a pretty good awareness of the people around me. And that was one of my biggest words in high school and it was it worked for me pretty well and making friends and keeping friends and all that stuff but i think it's your smile you like my smile i do oh thank you that's very love sweet it of you. i don't like it i mean you paid a lot of money for my smile <laughs> dr pearson dr. calling pearson. dr pearson you want to smile guess who got reinstated so. um but that's been mine and, and then lately has just been my kind of my confidence in myself and being able to kind of go after what I want and and be okay with where I'm at just those things have felt pretty good lately positives that's what you love about yourself what was the question again what do you love about yourself what do you love about yourself I love a lot of things about myself I'm very confident in what I love about myself 
Good Lord. This uh, is a very um, loaded question for me, but the main thing that I love about myself is my ability to be extremely honest with people. Yeah. That's a good one. And to stay usually calm in all situations. That's also very good. I've gotten better at that, actually, even. But I usually stay calm and try to listen at the situation at hand and then make my choice on which way I'm going to go. Now, when I make that choice, it may be somewhat controversial what I say, but I, I usually will let the person finish their thought before I chime in. Yeah. And like I said, when I chime in, though, it may not be the greatest, but it'll definitely be the truth. It's true. I like that. All right, the last question. Are you ready? I'm in. I already have the answer for this. If you could change the world with one word, what would that word be and why? Oh, my. I know. I That's thought not about it. This. That's two words. One oh, word. If oh you get one word. Mine is my same word of the year for 2020. I'm going to keep bringing Intention? it up. Intention? I think that if you... I really, truly believe that... That, go, that can go to so many different areas. Like if you talk to somebody with intention and what you say to them is have, you have intention behind it, then you're going to become a person who is able to exude kindness, but also constructive you know, feedback or things that like everything you say to that person or everything you put out in the world has intention behind it. You're able to spread a message that you want to spread. So you're not always, you know, worrying about everything you say is kind. I mean, everything should be clear and kind, but like, oh, I'm trying to be nice, 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 nice. Like sometimes you have to say the hard things and say like, hey, you should work on this or you should try this. But that had an intention behind it and your intention is always good. As long as your intention is good, then you're able to do good things. Truth. Mike. That's my word. Truth? Truth. Oh, I thought you were saying truth to me. No, I am saying truth to you, but the word I'm going to use that would help the world is truth. Yeah. Tell the truth. Be truthful. Mm hmm Accept only truth. The truth. Don't mm. lie. Yeah. Truth. When you say something to somebody... It better be truthful. True dat. True dat. Well, listen, I, I, I think we're well into a, um hour and 20 minutes on this podcast, if I'm not mistaken. You are correct, Greg. So I think that that's plenty of time um, to let people learn something about Paige, which was enjoyable today. I, I, I am not a very good host, and I apologize for that. <laughs> Paige is definitely a better host than I am. I'm definitely a... Uh, sit-in second-hand guy um, and that's what I do well but we want to thank Paige for coming in today and sharing her experiences with us and and unpacking a little bit I found out some things today that I didn't know and neither one of us cried which is um, impressive impressive and monumental I thought for sure we were going to both uh, have an issue. Um, if you heard a toilet flush in the back, don't worry about it. That was just Lauren. So everything's going to work out good. Um, but you answered all the questions. I think you helped some people today to figure out who you are a little bit. 
You think so? I do. I, I was, uh, I learned some things and I should know everything and I don't. Um, so we appreciate everything that you do. And I do appreciate your podcast. I know a lot of people say that to you, but I think it's fantastic. One last thing for you, if you have not gone on to the It's Hard, um, what am I thinking of? Online. <laughs> Instagram? Instagram. Uh, there's a message on there about Christmas for me. Oh, yeah. I got to highlight it, though, so they can see it. Yes. And so, again, Happy New Year. Mm-hmm. It's going to be a great year. It's 2020, which is it's the end of the century. Think about that. It's a new decade. A, a century. Decade. Yeah. It's a new decade. Did I say century? You did say century. I'm sorry. It's okay. Decade. You're and, a little ahead of the game, but... Yeah, I am, but maybe I'm waiting for the end of the century. Oh, my gosh. So, thank you very much, and... The advice of the week is keep your feet on the ground and reach for the stars. Oh. <laughs> Which is oh. borrowed from Casey Kasem. We got the... It didn't have anything to do with pee this week. Oh, we got the entourage in the background. We do. We have a little entourage in the back with um, the niece and mama boner. <laughs> Thanks. We're out. We're out. And that's a wrap on episode eight episode with me telling my story. I hope that you guys learned something from that or took away something important from it and let me know. Please, if you did, remember to follow me on Instagram at It's Hard Podcast and leave any comments or recommendations, anything that you want. And I wanted to take the second too to also let you know about Patreon. If you guys haven't heard me talk about it before, I usually talk about it on the back end of the show, but I wanted to put it on the front of the show. So if you don't know what it is, Patreon powers membership businesses for creators by giving them tools that they need to acquire, manage, and energize their paying patrons. With a subscription-style payment model, fans pay their favorite creators a monthly amount of their choice in exchange for exclusive access, extra content, or a closer look into their creative journey. This model is a win-win. Creators retain creative freedom while getting the salary they deserve, and fans get to rest easy knowing their money goes directly towards creating more of what they love. So if you want to if you feel so inclined to donate, it's hard. Um, the link will be below and you just get to pick a tier of what you want to donate. And then it's just a monthly subscription to the podcast. So if you feel inclined to do so, you can click the link below, but only if you feel like you want to. And a big shout out to my two patrons, Dylan and Carrie, um, still trucking along and being great patrons to the podcast so thank you so much and then also a big shout out to andy bjerk my audio sound guy he rocks so much and i'm so grateful for him so be sure to follow him on instagram as well thank you guys so much for tuning in and the next episode will be in 2020 can't wait happy new year everybody and have a great holiday